Good evening, listeners, and welcome to the historic first episode of the Night Growlers podcast. Brought to you live from Selkirk College's 10th Street campus in Nelson, British Columbia. This podcast has been programmed and created by the students of Creative Writing 101 with the purpose of bringing you fresh voices and literary contemplations from where we live here in the Kootenays. Tonight's episode features three radio plays. In Act One, Bedtime Stories for Existential Children by Molly Duke explores the unique intersection of a car accident, pregnancy, and typical relationship BS. In Act Two, Healy Revere's humorous look at the struggles of those facing mental health challenges will make you laugh, but not without underscoring the importance of these issues. And finally, in Act Three, Sarah Beauchamp's play, The Drum Keeps Beating, will bring you to the heart of a young woman's grieving process as she clears her deceased father's home and tries to make sense of his estranged relationship to his children and Indigenous heritage. We hope that you'll enjoy these plays as much as we enjoyed writing them. Without further ado, we bring you Act One, Bedtime Stories for Existential Children, written by Molly Naduke. Mom, tell me how, again, we got here. Aren't you a bit young for an existential crisis? What are we talking here? Existence? The universe? This planet? This town? Start with this town and then tell me about the planet tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Like all good origin stories, this one begins and ends with a sheep. Mom, I'm serious. So am I. I was with your dad. We were st you were still in my tummy, and we'd been driving since early in the morning. We were on our way to Grandma and Grandpa's. That's where we were meant to go. We were both exhausted, so we had the radio cranked and all the car windows open. It was really nice. It was April, but still really, really nice. Oh, shit. You okay, Liv? Fine, I'm fine. Just the seatbelt is a torture device. Can you shut that off? And the car bend. Shut off the engine. It's making me feel sick. Oh, just one more month, babe. One more month of listening to me whine about being pregnant, you mean? Hate to break it to you, but we're going to have more problems a month from now, not less. But what the hell was that? I didn't mean, sorry, Lydia, a sheep? I think it was a sheep. I don't think we hit it, but you don't have to be so pissy. It's your hormones. I can't say. Don't say hormones. It's gross. We've just been in this car too long. Where are we anyways? This is not even a real town. It's just a gas station and liquor store. A few hours from my folks' place still. Let me just try and back up. We're right up against the barrier. Now I can't even get out of my door. You can climb over my side. Ben, look at me. Oh, get out, get out. Okay, okay, shit. Huh. Doesn't look like we even get cell service here. We can probably just call for a tow from the store back there. I'll catch up with you. I want to go see if that sheep, sheep's okay. Hey, sheep. Sheep? 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 Oh, sheep. Jesus, you scared me. Move or something. Bah! Bah! Well, at least your legs aren't broken anyways. Looks like you've gotten lucky, Mr. Sheep. Miss Sheep? I've never seen a sheep up close before. You're cuter in pictures. I've never had the baby before either, and I hear they're real damn cute. But it's like biological. Moms are supposed to want to stick around when their babies are born. Man, your eyes are weird. Bah! Go home! Bah! So your dad had gone to the store. It was just like how it is now. Coffee, breakfast, fireworks, bullet and board, lost and found, chaotic and calming all at the same time. When I came in, your dad was on the phone with the tow company. 
Now there is another story. And it was really late in the afternoon, so I wouldn't ask about the sign that said, Rooms Nightly. Oh, oh. What a day. When it rains, it pours, as they say, huh? Not a single room rented for months, and then wham, some kind of population boom comes out of nowhere, like the population just doubled. Next thing you know, we'll need a spotlight, a stoplight in this town, eh? Um, hi. My boyfriend just came in to use the phone. Oh, I know him. I know him. Yeah, I just seen him come in. Be right with you. I just gotta finish this up paperwork. I tells you, piles up while you're cleaning up after folks, putting up a second round of coffee, being all of our hostess. What are they gonna want next, eh? Dinner? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. CRV. Honda CRV 2001. Yeah, no, we don't want to fix it. It's sort of temporary. See, we just kind of come up from Vancouver, and I'll still have to work down there, obviously. My girlfriend's having a baby. Well, let me tell you, honey, you're here of a one-horse town, but did you ever ask yourself, well, who's the horse? Um, oh, sorry. No, I guess I don't need a... No, well, it's not a sob story. How much? Well, no, we're not looking for a new car, just a tow. Right. Not looking yet. Okay, well, I'll keep your cousin in mind. Thanks. Look like you still need a room, eh? Lucky for you, there's just one. Where did this mug come from? I swear. And this. Whose money is this? Is this for me? Who left the money here? I swear. Come on, people. And everyone's in such a hurry. Are you with the fellow on the phone? Bit of a pretty boy, eh? Oh, and look at you. You're sure fit to pop. <laughs> well, there ain't no better place for it than right here. And <laughs> good weather we have, finally. Are you folks staying? I can tell by that face you don't know where you're going. Well, you could do a lot worse than here. We may be small, but lots of places can't boast a gas station and a liquor store to boot. And then there's this place. Seems we get overlooked. I still haven't gotten around to putting us up on the internet. But I do believe it's a gem. A real gem. And you know what they say if you're not pregnant when you come to town? <laughs> you soon will be. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, hon. You don't look well. Let me get your keys. We'll settle up later. So I went upstairs without waiting for Ben. Dad, he was deep in conversation with the tow guys anyways, and I didn't have the energy to hope the room was clean. Oh Christ, fucking sheep. You almost gave me a heart attack. I strongly suspect you're not supposed to be in here. You've got some poop. There, on your side. You're even uglier indoors. Well, I really do just need to put my feet up. I'll leave the door open for you. So, is this what it's like having a dog? You wouldn't walk a dog on a leash, I bet. But the company is not terrible. I think at one point, I really wanted a dog. I was maybe 10. You know, my dad probably still has the dog collage I made from Adopt Me ads from the free paper. But our building didn't allow dogs. And now, and it's not like I could just let it out and poop in the yard. You kind of need a yard, I've heard. I bet Ben had a chocolate lab. But you know, I've never even asked him. It's just the sort of thing he would have had. A dog and a cat 
a brother and a sister, a mom and a dad. Oh, you're leaving already? Okay, stay off the road. The sheep was really in your room? It really was. Do you believe me? I do. Can I continue? It seemed like your dad and I needed to work out a few things, but don't worry. Well, the car made it to the next town, but we'll be here at the very least for tonight. I don't even know if they had any mechanics in today. So, when were you going to tell me that you're planning to commute back to the coast? I've got this six-month contract. I can work remotely, and then, yeah, what did you think I was going to do? Log? No, but... Everyone says kids only need their moms for the first two years anyways. The father's job is to provide. Everyone says that? So, th so that's what I'll do and in a couple of years. I don't know, maybe we can get us a place closer to the city. If a condo in Langley is what you want, I'm sure. You have no clue what I want. And you do? What are, exactly are your expectations here for this family? Well, I guess I don't know. You don't know because you haven't even thought about it. You just assume if you keep doing the right thing, life will just proceed like a textbook. This isn't sounding right, but just you just take so much as a given. Like what? Like that our family will be just like yours. You've got this idea that you had a perfect childhood with your dad's money and your mom's brown muffins. Is this about your mom? This is about us. I had a perfect childhood too. My dad is my hero. I remember him rolling up my tiny tights so I could slip in my feet. He learned to French braid my hair, and when I wanted scrunchies that matched my dress, he learned to sew and cut two inches off all my hems to make them for me. I never even thought about having a mom until... Oh, I'm sorry I brought it up, Lid. I brought it up. I brought it up because there are things that if we don't talk about them, we'll just end up living someone else's life. And I have little ag enough agency as it is right now, so... We don't have a lot of choice. Maybe. My parents can really look after you, you know? Oh, fuck off. Hey. Hey. Is that your sheep up on the playground? Yep. You should maybe have her on a leash. We almost hit her on the road today. Oh, well, that wasn't my sheep. Oh. Well, would I be in trouble if it was my sheep? Mm, no, I guess you wouldn't. It probably was my sheep then. I was supposed to have her on a tether in the park, but I couldn't spend all day on that tether. <laughs> Me neither. Who are you? My name's Lydia. I'm from Vancouver. Uh-huh. My mom lives in Kelowna. Oh, yeah? Yeah, are you having a baby? I can tell. I have a baby brother, and he's two. I could babysit for you sometimes. I get paid to babysit. Do you babysit your brother? No, he lives with my mom. I have five siblings. They don't live here. One lives in Vancouver like you. Just you and your dad here, then? Yeah, and Kim. But Kim hates kids. And my mom says, you have to take her. I'm putting her in foster care. But my dad's cool. But sometimes he's mad and I have to go outside, like today. I was supposed to go to school, but I missed the bus and he said I missed it on purpose. Did you? Maybe. My dad and Kim are working and I was put in their, I was getting in their hair. You have cool hair though. I want curly hair. I want a hair curler. I think I'll buy one when I save up enough money. I can run errands for you for money if you want to pay me. Okay. What time is it? About four, I think. Is that dinner time? Not quite. Are you hungry? Mm, not really. No. Well, actually, I'm pretty hungry. You want to go get a sandwich or something? 
Sure. At the gas station, they have these sandwiches and also these pepperoni things and pretzels that are all broken up, and they're really good. And they've got sour candy. Okay. And is your sheep okay? Uh, yeah, she'll be fine. And then, well, it was our first night here, but we didn't know yet how long we would actually be. <laughs> it was really, really late. And then it was early morning, and I still couldn't sleep. Ben, Ben, get up, you gotta come see this. What are you doing up? I had to pee and then I couldn't get comfortable so I went for a walk, you gotta come outside. Hold on, okay, uh, just let me get my coat. It's just out here. Burr, at night you get reminded it's not summer yet. Oh, but it's so light. The moon is almost full, but that's not what I wanted to show you. Where are we going? Shh, look. Holy fuck, is that the... Yeah. With a... Yeah. Mr. Sheep is a mama. Ben, I like it here. Right here? <laughs> Me too. That was Bedtime Stories for Existential Children, written by Molly Nee Duke, which featured Lily Roy as Lydia, Dylan Boucher as Ben, Dakota May is the kid, and Katie Dick as the store clerk. And now, on to Act Two. For Act Two, we're shifting gears away from the small town, the sheep, and the heat. Now, we're in the head of a young woman who suffers from depression and anxiety. An evil spirit chooses her as a target due to her compromised state, but things don't go exactly as planned. Dear listeners, we hope you enjoy Me, Myself, and a Demon by Haley Veers. Fear me, mortals. Cower in the dark. Two thousand years I have been driven away, but no more. I will possess a new vessel, and no man, no prayers, no god will drive me out now. Oh, you're hearing voices. That's what's next for you. You remember that time that there was that presentation at school about psychosis? You should look it up to check, but hearing things was definitely a symptom. Oh, they tried to pretty it up with like music and interpretive dance and having the presenters be hip young people because it's cool now to speak out and break stigma. But you know, if someone told you they were hearing things, you judge them. People are going to judge you. They'll think you're crazy, bad crazy. You know, I would have noticed if I had psychosis and I don't think it's always voices people hear anyway. Maybe I was dreaming. You weren't dreaming, you weren't even asleep, and you didn't notice you had anxiety for years or depression. You just thought it was all normal, but you're not normal. You already have two things wrong with you. You could have so many other things wrong and you'd never notice. No, I'm fine. Are you talking to yourself? I'm talking to myself. You're definitely hearing voices. I am no voice. Are you? I am beyond your comprehension, mort, immortal, mighty, and I have immeasurable powers. I could share it with you, if you wish. What is your greatest desires? You should be quiet and let me sleep. I could offer you internal life. Join me and live forever. Why would I want 
want to live forever. What would you do with forever? It's not like you've done anything with your life so far. You couldn't even do anything with today. You'd be the worst immortal person ever. Do you not want fame, riches, power? You've heard power before, and no, not really. Have you no ambition? Sorry, I'm kind of tired right now. What is the point of getting ambitious? If you could do anything, you would have by now, but no. Sure, you've had dreams, but those never got anywhere. You're not even good at anything. You're just going to do nothing your whole life. Let me guide you and you could have anything be anything. But really, you're just a voice. Ha! But that is why I need you. I cannot exist in your world without your help. Together, we would be unstoppable. We could rule the world! I don't want to rule the world. That would be awful, actually, being responsible for everybody. No, thank you. I don't want to rule anything. What do you want? I want... I want... Well, a good night's sleep would be nice. And peace and quiet. Um, clean laundry. They don't have to fold. Oh, fluffy towels, like the ones in hotels. Towels! You asked. I like soft things, warm things, like sunshine or scented candles, moss, cookie dough, those little round pebbles you find on beaches. Pebbles? I could give you a palace! I don't need a palace. Maybe a house? With a garden so I could grow vegetables? Yeah. Is that all? World peace? I'd be impressed if you could do that. Can you do that? No. Well, that's not very helpful. Why did you even bother to ask? You're just daydreaming. It's not real. There's no magic or miracle that's just going to give you some perfect life. You have to earn it, and you haven't earned anything. You can't even get out of bed at a decent time. You can't even remember to clean the bathroom or take out the trash. How are you going to get a real job, make something of yourself, instead of just slacking off and being useless? You're a failure of a human being, a complete, utter failure. What is wrong with you? What isn't? You could be sleeping like a normal person, but no, you're talking to yourself in the middle of the night to an imaginary voice. Why are you like this? Why can't you do better? You stupid, useless, hopeless- Shut up! Shut up! Why? Why can't I have any peace? I am doing my best, alright? Why is that not enough? If it's all the same to you, I'll be going now. Hello? Just me. I'm fine. That was Me, Myself, and a Demon, written by Haley Veers, which featured Haley Veers as the depressed woman, Ali Butts as the internal voice of the depressed woman, and Sahara Darwell as the demon. Now, on to Act 3. This third act takes you to the stormy nights in the Great Lakes region of Ontario, where our protagonist, Emily, has been tasked with packing up her late father's belongings. This emotionally charged play asks important questions about the grieving process and how individuals and societies come to terms with personal and cultural estrangement. This is The Drum Keeps Beating, written by Sarah Beauchamp.
Well, I finally got this key to work. I thought I was going to have to break in through the window. Tyler, don't forget to bring the garbage bags in. I want to get in and out of here as quickly as possible. Oh, wow, this place hasn't changed at all. Wow, I can heart. can't believe how hard it's raining out here. Those clouds over the lake, I've never seen anything like it before. The storm looks pretty angry. Him, are you gonna stand in the doorway? Or can I be get inside? I'm so right here. Sorry, Tyler. Yeah, um, just put those things down over there in the chair. Let me see if I can find a towel or something for us to dry ourselves off with. Don't worry, these storms are pretty normal here over Lake Huron, especially this time of year. You know, Em, I don't think I've ever been in a trailer before, let alone a trailer park. It's nothing like I imagined. It's actually kind of cozy here. Did your dad build this addition himself? It's actually really good craftsmanship. I'm impressed. Was he a carpenter too? That's because your only reference point to trail a trailer park is Trailer Park Boys. And no, he wasn't a carpenter. He wasn't really much of anything. I don't actually remember him holding down a job for more than a few weeks. Oh well, it's just not what I was imagining. I mean, it sounded like some sort of, sort of shithole. I mean, hell, I'd probably live here. Well, let's just hope other people find it as appealing as you. I want to get rid of this place as quickly as possible. So, I don't get it. Are you selling just the trailer? Or what about the whole lot? It looks like you put a lot of hard work in this place. It's hard to see in the rain, but it looks like you built a shop back there. And was that a gazebo too, in the back of the property? The owner of the park said that no one was interested in buying the trailer itself. Lots of folks are interested in this lot, just not the trailer. I think everyone knows what happened, but ideally I want to sell it as is. It would be a lot of hard work tearing down all this shit. I need to find an outside buyer. You mean that he died here? Yeah, that he died here. Alan, the man who owns the park, said that he was here for almost a week before anyone realized what happened. You know, I spent my whole adult life waiting for that phone call. I always knew he would die young and alone. I just didn't think it would be some stranger on the other end telling me, well, you know, it still feels so surreal. You know, Em, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be mad. Even okay to show some emotion. I feel like you haven't even taken time to breathe. Here, I found a towel. Why don't you dry yourself off a bit? I would really like to get this trailer emptied out tonight. Did the power just flicker? It's really starting to come down out there. I don't think I've ever seen so much rain in my life. Yeah, these Great Lakes storms can get pretty nasty. I remember one time a funnel cloud touched down here. You mean like a tornado? Yes, like a tornado. It caused a lot of damage around the park. Anyway, I was pretty young, maybe six or seven. My parents were still together. It was the summer that we lived here in the trailer because we were between houses again, back when I loved being here. Lisa, an actual tornado ripped through? You saw it? Yeah, it was terrifying. The whole park had to gather at the hall, you know, the one we passed on the way in. The storm itself wasn't even the worst part though. The worst part was not seeing my dad in a crowd of people. Such a daddy's girl back then, always right by his side. But this time I couldn't find him. I just remember frantically searching through the crowd of people, crying out for my dad, and my mom just trying to keep me calm, keep me still. And we'll see. Well, eventually, once the storm passed, once everyone was able to go back to their trailers, or what was left of them at least, 
We got back to ours, and there he was. Apparently, he had decided that he wanted to go for a bicycle ride. He said he wanted to chase the storm. He was fine, so was the trailer. But not long after that, we all moved to a new house while my dad stayed behind to live here. Well, no tornadoes in the mountains. Yep, maybe that's why I moved west. I spent my whole life trying to run from these storms. So, I think it's best if we each start from one end. I'll start in the back, and you can clear the master bedroom. We can meet in the middle. Honestly, just throw everything out. There's nothing I need here. Emily, are you sure you want me to just throw all of this out? Don't you think that some could use some of these things? We could donate some of his clothes at least. Seems kind of wasteful. Tyler, I just want you to throw it out, okay? It's bad enough that I got stuck doing this in the first place. I still don't really understand why you left this piece of shit to me. I hadn't even seen him in like 15 years, and now I'm the one who has to clean up his mess? It's just like him to do something like this. You make him seem like some sort of monster, Em. Sometimes he acted like one. Like this one time, he told us all he was going to quit drinking. My older sister, Jack, was so happy. She had waited her whole life for this. So when he came home and opened a beer right in front of her, he saw it was her heart broken to a million pieces. This is my last memory of her. Her long, dark hair and that bright red lipstick she always wore, tears streaming down her face. When she confronted him, do you know what he said? What? He told her that he had decided to quit drinking, but that he never said what he was going to quit drinking, and that from now on he would no longer drink water. That was the last time I saw my sister. You know, you rarely talk about your family or your childhood. Sometimes I feel like I don't know anything about you. You know, um, multiple truths can coexist simultaneously. Maybe you should just take this as an opportunity to see things from his perspective. There are lots of interesting things in this trailer that tell a story. Maybe it's easier for you to see some sort of interesting story here. You didn't have to live with this man. If this storm gets any worse, I don't think we're going to be able to leave tonight, Em. Well, if you stop talking so much, we could focus on getting this place cleaned up. Your zen bullshit isn't helping anyone right now. Emily, I'm here to help. Don't turn me into the enemy. I love you. We have got to go through this emotions. I guess I, I just think we're here for a reason. Oh my god, Emmy! Is this you? I don't think I've ever seen a photo of you from your childhood. Your hair is so long here. I've never seen you with long hair. What are you going on about, Tyler? I can't hear you back here. What were you saying, Tyler? Oh, I just found this box and had this photo of you on the very top. Look, it's little Emmy. Tyler, I told you don't go through things. Just throw them into the trash bags. Look, I have four full bags. You've barely filled one. Em, I just think that maybe there's something in here worth keeping, or at least worth looking at. Look, this whole box is full of pictures and a letter. And look at this tiny little baby shoe. It's probably the cutest thing I've ever seen. Wow, that's my baby shoe. I'm surprised he still kept it after all these years. This, this whole box seems to be photos of you. Look at this one. How old were you here? Mm. Yeah, no, that one isn't me. That's my half-sister, Jen. The one from your story earlier? Wow. You two look alike. Yeah, and this is my brother, Travis. You never mentioned you had a brother. 
Well, I haven't seen him in years. You know, last time I heard, he was doing time for aggravated assault. I tried for a while to maintain some sort of relationship with him, but it was just it was too hard. He just reminded me so much of our dad. They were both so stubborn. Neither of them never knew when to walk away. Plus, so hell-bent on trying to bring my dad and I back together. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I know someone else who was pretty stubborn. Em, he wouldn't ever regret not seeing him, even just one last time. Tyler, I spent my whole life grieving different parts of my father, of our relationship. I spent years creating different narratives, coming up with different endings to the story. But it doesn't change anything. I know it make me, might make me sound cold, but I'm kind of relieved that this is finally over. Okay, um, this is your story, and I'm just here to be the supporting character. Tyler, the loving and caring boyfriend, who would do anything for the love of his life. Little Emmy. Babe, why don't you ever grow your hair out? You've had short hair since the day we met. Looks like it used to go all the way down your back in this photo. I don't know. I cut it off years ago. Actually, now that I think about it, I cut it off on my 16th birthday. It was also the last time I saw my dad. I remember because I did it myself and it was a disaster. I had to go to my birthday party with this awful haircut. I guess I've just kept it short ever since. It looks nice, Long. Yeah. My dad loved my long hair. He used to braid it for me. Told me it made me look like my grandma Bella. Well, his grandma Bella. My dad was actually incredibly proud of where he came from. It's just too bad he never got to grow up with any of his culture. What do you mean? Well, my grandma, his mom, never talked about her childhood. I think she was ashamed of where she came from, that she was born on a reserve, that she was Métis. I would ask her to tell me stories and she would just change the subject, turn on the Golden Girls or something equally stupid to keep me occupied. She's a fairly cold woman, not like my grandma Bella. From what my dad told me, she was kind and generous and would tell my dad all sorts of beautiful stories about what it was like growing up on the river. He told me he would sit there for hours just listening to her tell all these stories that had been passed down from the elders about how important certain things were, like this drum that was passed down to my dad. It was really hard on him when, he, when she died. I think when life got hard, he would just fall off this earth and enter this other world where he got to be the warrior of his own story. That's incredibly sad, Annie. Anyway, I think I cut off all my hair as a way to spite him, to take something away from him. Maybe to take him out of me. I'm not really sure. That seems pretty extreme. Well, maybe it was, but I was a 16-year-old girl who was angry that she had to constantly take care of her own father, watch as he so slowly drank himself to death, having to be the one to pick him up off the neighbor's lawn in the middle of the afternoon because he needed a nap, having to stay up with him all night as he cried and begged me not to leave him. It wasn't his wife, it was his daughter, and I needed a dad. And he wasn't a warrior, he was a drunk. It's, it's okay to get mad. Get angry, cry, shout if you need to. This is good. This is grief. But what else do you see here? I don't know, Tyler. What am I supposed to see here? A man who loved his children. A man who kept photos and letters and whatever this is. <laughs> Oh, that's the beaded necklace I made for him in fourth grade. He wore it all the time. Even though, now that I'm looking at it, it's quite feminine. I really loved pink and purple that year. <laughs> Look, imagineering. Yeah, he wore that too. You know, it's okay to laugh. Tyler, thanks for coming with me. Hey, Ty, do you think we can just spend the night? I think I've had enough packing for one night. Yeah, for sure. 
I even think I saw some blankets in the back of your mom's truck. Why don't you give her a call? I'll let her know we won't be coming back tonight. Hey, Mom. Yeah, Tyler and I are just going to spend the night here. Yeah, the storm is pretty bad. Don't really want to risk driving all the way back to London tonight. Yeah, we saw the blankets in the back. Tyler? He's been great. Really great, actually. Well, Mom, I'm going to get going. We still have a lot to do here. What are you talking about? How do you know about that box? Yeah, there's a lot in there. Okay, Mom, I promise not to throw it out. I love you too, Mom. Well, we were pretty lucky that your mom left these blankets and pillows in the back seat. Yeah, it's almost like she hoped we'd spend the night. What do you mean, Em? I don't know. Just something she said. She told me not to throw out the box under the bed. Well, I think the power's out for good this time. Let's get some sleep. I can just make us a bed here in the living room. Tyler, thanks for sleeping on the floor with me. I don't think I could handle sleeping in this bed. And everything will look better in the morning. I promise. That was The Drum Keeps Beating, written by Sarah Beauchamp, which featured Shana Stonehouse as Tyler, Sarah Beauchamp as Emily, Judy Pollard, and Meredith McDonald on drumming and sound. We'd like to thank the talented playwrights who agreed to adapt their work for Radio Tonight, and thanks to all the contributors who acted, drummed, arranged sound, and gave their input on each of the scripts. As the saying goes, it takes a village to produce a play. We're back in two weeks with more.